Hi, everybody. This is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host, Matt. We're here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? Well, Robbie, this episode takes a bad idea, somehow makes it worse, and then stretches every possible ounce out of it, including the longest couch gag, because there is so little to support the actual plot. So let's just say not doing great. Oh, I'm doing. I don't know. OK, well, I'm I'm sorry, Matt. You're not doing great. I'm just wonderful. Mm-hmm. I'm just feeling just good. Well, that's good. I'm glad that you feel good. The rest of us out here who watched this episode are now questioning whether society was worthwhile and whether art in general <laughs> is a worthwhile thing. Hey, to hey, hey, come on, Matt. It's not. You just don't watch this episode. It's a solution. Uh, <laughs> if only that were a good yes, solution. Exactly. Uh, hell, we are brought to you by our supporters on Patreon. You can support us by going to patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show. Uh, some, some updates on our Patreon. I'm going to get them out of the way before we get on this episode. Uh, I have, I've, I've changed things around a little bit on there. I've added the option for yearly pricing. So if anyone wants to jump for a year, you save a little bit of money doing that. Uh, I have added, uh, the big thing I've added is our back catalog. Um, we only have our most recent 300 episodes on our normal feed, um, because it is prohibitively expensive to go more than that. Uh, but all our entire back catalog, so it'll be, it's roughly 104, 105 episodes now, as of this episode, are going to be on our Patreon. They're going to be on the $5 tier and up. Uh, everyone who subscribes to the level will have access to the entire entire back catalog all our our episodes i've done a little bit of work on the audio to make them a little less crummy um my my production level skills have gotten slightly better over the years because these episodes are like 2014 2015 which is god almighty seven years six seven eight years ago at this point uh back when the content was better but the episodes were less well produced yes uh just slightly less um so I will be updating that weekly, adding every as an episode gets taken off the normal feed, it will go onto the Patreon, uh, and you can listen to it to your heart's content streaming on our Patreon feed. Uh, I'm also adding, I'm posting, I'm going to start posting show notes to everything, and that and everything else that we've already been making, which is a monthly bonus episode, four minisodes a month, once once a week about reviewing of new Simpsons episodes, King the Hill episodes, Bob's Burgers episodes, all still being made. Uh, frankly. I don't can't I don't know how hard I can sell it. This is an incredible deal. You have hundreds of hours now of content for five bucks a month. I don't know how you can't afford to do it. You know, like honestly, it's true. I mean, how how are you going to find enough content to fill your days without us? Exactly, exactly. We have some people to thank, Matthew. Fantastic, uh, Lucas Carroll. Thank you, Lucas. Thank you, Lucas. And Michael. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Michael. I assume it is John Travolta from that movie. Where he's an angel. I assumed it was the person who directed this episode, and he just wanted to see what we thought of it. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, no, I'm sorry. Hey. If that's true, we're very sorry in advance. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sorry. You made this thing, man. You put it... I mean, he's... To be fair, if the director doesn't get to decide what is written. He just... That's he true. is handed a script, and he has to do what they have to do, uh, what is best. Uh, so it's not, I don't put it like, you know, you can't blame the director too much. That's why I generally don't blame directors when we have bad episodes because they are just handed a script and, 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 uh, and they have to decide, oh yeah, this is what we're going to do with it. 
They can't go, uh, hey guys, what is this? What are you doing? No, they can't say no, not if they want a paycheck. Uh, this week's episode is The Homer of Seville, episode J-A-B-F-18. Originally aired September 30th, 2007. Written by Carolyn Omine, directed by Michael Poltino. Aforementioned Michael. It received a 5 rating with 8.5 million viewers. The chalkboard gag. The Wall Street Journal is better than ever. Oh, okay. Was this a... I'm assuming this is related to something that was going on with the Wall Street Journal at the time. I assume I could not find... I could not find what it was alluding to. I don't know what this is huh. referencing. Uh, I'm guessing either the Wall Street Journal did something real stupid, or it... Well, I mean, that's just a Tuesday. <laughs> wait, wait, when do, the, when do their op-eds come out? That, that's the day they do something stupid every hey, single that's, week. That's New York Times, Matt. Um, no, no, the Wall Street Journal also has an op-ed page that's terrible. Oh, great. Well, they got a subscription somehow, Matt. Um, exactly. I don't know. I assume, the, or maybe they gave the Simpsons movie like a great review, and that's why they're oh maybe they're saying is better than who knows. I don't know. Uh, the couch gag is a repeat uh, of the Homer evolution couch gag from Homerazzi, um, but Marge's line at the very end is what took you so long. In the original version, in this version, is did you bring milk or did you pick up milk or something along those lines. Which Do you remember the milk, Robbie? Robbie, real quick, I just want to point out to you that I looked up the Wall Street Journal's opinion page, and uh, I'm sorry, but I just need to read to you some of these headlines. Oh, so, man. if you, if you oh. thought the New York Times opinion page oh, was bad, no. <clears throat> let's see, the misguided rush to ban Congress's stock trades inside the woke indoctrination machine. <laughs> uh, suspend the gas tax, they cried. What? God and man at Yale Law. Oh my god. This is like a parody. <laughs> this is worse than I thought. This is just parody at this point, Matt. Uh, they're just parodying uh -huh. themselves. Uh, so I don't know. Th you can tell by this. Like, okay, one, this is a full intro, okay? We get full intro with chalkboard gag and the extra long couch gag, the Home Revolution couch gag, which early in a season, this is second, the second episode of season 19. Generally, they don't repeat couch gags this early in a season. You have original couch gags for like eight to ten episodes, roughly. Then you got a few, ha a handful of repeats, and then a, a, a slate of new ones to end a, se a season, usually is the pattern. If they're going to this well because they literally needed to fill time, which is crazy to me when you watch this episode... <laughs> And it needs so much more time to make these plots make sense. And they purposefully fill it with just a couch gag. Couch gag's fine. This Robbie, couch gag's always Robbie, been fine. The real problem with, with what you just said is that there is any amount of time that will make this plot make sense. Okay, man. With heavy editing, okay? Heavy okay. editing. I, I'm, we're going to fix... I can fix this episode. It's easy. Oh my, okay. It's wow. easy. It's real easy. I mean, at least on a on a broad scale, it's easy. I'm not going to... Obviously, writing an episode of television that is great takes time and hard work, but... Okay. Uh, so, guest, there's guest stars, man. Guest stars. Placido Domingo as himself. One of the three tenors. Opera singer. Uh, Maya Rudolph as Julia. What a waste. Just... What a waste. Uh, I I have I I like Maya Rudolph in general. Maya Rudolph is amazing. She's she's as I, I don't I'm sorry, Maya. I don't know if the Simpsons ever apologize to you. If I know you're not listening to this, but God, I hope so. I will apologize on their behalf. 
I am sorry that you, by the time you guessed, I'm like, I like, like many, many, many people, I'm assuming they probably, she was probably was a fan of the Simpsons. It was like, oh, I get to be a guest star of the Simpsons. Of course. And then she gets given this, this nonsense. Uh, So uh, we're, we're, what's, we're going to play a little game as we start this episode, Matt. Okay. Okay. We're going to play a little game. This is uh, count the inciting incidents. Uh, like I said, this episode needs. If oh you're gonna, dear. oh man, uh, I don't know if I can count that high. No, well, I have a count. I have a count in front of me on my little note card, and we're just gonna go along. So the uh, the episode starts with everyone in church, uh, but actually, really, it starts with everyone leaving church, a rush to leave church as the 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 sermon ends. Everyone wants to get out of the parking lot first, so they don't get trapped and caught. Even though, I feel like. The church is relatively small, and it wouldn't take that long for that parking lot to clear out. No, it doesn't matter. Don't Probably. ask. Don't answer You've my question. This happened before when everyone was being super nice after they got out of the uh, Marge's anger management class. The Springfield is terrible at driving. Okay, it's fair enough. Um, I you should ignore all my little. I'm, if we if I nitpick everything, this episode's gonna be three hours long because there's just nothing in this episode that makes any sense. All of it is nonsense from A to Z. Every single step along the way, even in the plot points that make more sense, there's still so much nonsense going on that you can't even stop. If you stop to question one thing, everything, you'll just, I'll just fall into a wormhole and time travel into a different world Um, or be ripped apart by the the, uh, event horizon. It's also possible. Um, Everyone's on a rush to leave church. That's one, Matt. Okay. Mm hmm. Next, we go to the family in the car. They get out of the parking lot. The family is in the car, and they're talking about brunch. Man, that church service was so boring. We did a whole book of finder words. Ugh, Dad, all you circled were the I's and A's. Those are words. Well, where should we go for brunch? Griddler on the roof? Thank God it's fried eggs? Luftwaffles? Bodacious frittatas? Buffet the hunger slayer? I want to say one. Be my guest. Danny's. Oh. Every place has such a long line. Don't worry, we'll just go home. Your mother can cook. I just want a simple salad with pine nuts, alicove, seasonal heirloom tomatoes. Forget it! One day a week, I should be able to put on nice clothes and have someone bring food to me. There's a place with no line. Woohoo! Bart, that's not a restaurant. It's somebody's house. Lisa's right, son. Your mom is way too classy a lady to crash a private... I'm not cooking! And you can cut your own meat! (laughs) (laughs) I want to care about this, but, like, why does... You can go anywhere for brunch, Marge, and not have to cook. I don't understand where they're like, oh, we have to crash this funeral. Do you? No. Do you really? Okay, well, hey, one, Matt. One. Uh, Some notes. Small notes here. Uh, okay. the van says starving teachers catering, meaning it's it. And we see Kerbopole, Skinner, maybe even Willie carrying the food in mm-hmm. to this, this house, which it, this is all this is. This is it. We don't know it's a funeral yet. You say that crashing a funeral, which is what it turns out to be. And it's very well, clear. Yeah, we, we don't know that, but you we know. don't know that at this point. We just, it is a house with catering truck parked outside and, we have starving teachers apparently carrying food into uh, this house, which I will give that here. There's I'm going to try and be 
find silver linings to some of these terrible, terrible things that I've said, Matt, because I will go crazy if I don't. That's there, there. That's something. That's a nice little sight, a gag, a little subtle reference. Like, oh yeah, teachers are treated like crap and have to have work second jobs. Um, but then none of this makes sense. Okay, you know they pass 40, 40 restaurants, forty like they Mars lists five different restaurants. All of them have wines. Mm-hmm. Maybe just wait. Like I don't know what to tell you, man. Just go and wait twenty minutes to go sit down at a brunch restaurant you'll make it but no the family's crazy so they go to a house that has catering and i think anyone listening anyone with a brain can do mental math and go well what do you what is a house some random house on a sunday what would they need catering for a wedding or a funeral probably those would be the two big ones i mean if you're in a family reunion neighborhood maybe yeah whatever uh the family stops. So that's two inciting incidents we're at, Matt. We have leaving church, finding brunch. Two inciting incidents deep. We're not even mm-hmm. close to the plot of this episode. Uh, we now go into the house. And before they say anything, Matt, I go, oh, this is a funeral reception. Obviously. I mean, that's the, like you said, there's only a few things that it can be. And everyone's wearing black. Like, it's purposeful. Like, they do lay those seeds, but... That would mean everyone, in, like, okay, I get Homer completely missing that, sure, but Marge? But the rest, yeah. Lisa? <laughs> like, they don't notice, everyone is, like, Lisa doesn't go, oh, everyone's wearing black, uh, and there's a room with a coffin, no one, and also, why would, okay, man, I, I, I'm doing it, I'm doing it myself, like, I'm like, why does the house have a coffin in it? There would be a funeral home that has the casket and the body. You wouldn't put the casket and a body in a house, probably. Normally, people don't take the corpse to the house. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. So, this is third inciting incident crashing funeral reception, where we have everyone eating the food, uh, talking about how good the food is. They love the food, man. They love the food. They're, they're palling around with people trying to act like we know they know everyone, which I uh-huh. would think you would not do. I would think you would try and not say anything to anyone and just eat the food and kind of stand in a corner. And hope no one notices you. Isn't that... Wasn't that... You would, you would hope, yes. Okay. So they don't do that. They talk to a lot of different people. Um, and finally, uh, they see a cluster of people uh, on the side of the, side of a room and think, oh, there must be, like, uh, a big spread over there. Or, like, they... I think they, a Sunday... Uh, a Sunday buffet or something? A Sunday table? Yes. That's, make your own Sunday bar. That's what... Bar, Bart suggests that. And I'm already like, oh, that's the corpse. We're going to go look at a corpse. So that's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what happens. The family pushes their way into and looks finds a corpse. Uh, finds the body of this poor person who has died and who the funeral reception is for. And there's more jokes about Homer eating. Um, the family, Marge, Marge finally goes, oh, it's a funeral reception. Everyone looks sad, which I'll give Marge credit for that. Hey, looks mm-hmm. sad. So she, she reacts correctly to what you're supposed to do when yes, you crash that, a funeral. That's human. Human. There's humanity here, uh, which flies out the window in a little bit. But whatever. Uh, <laughs> Bart extorts money from a child who's mourning his grand grand grandfather. He says, "Papa, grandpapa." So that's Bart extorts ten dollars from a mourning child, which is Bart jerk homer now is this what's is that what we're doing <laughs> where bart is now mm-hmm. just taking money for people um <laughs> so 
I thought about capturing this clip, but I it it pains me to listen to most of this over again. Uh, where someone at the funeral says, "Oh, one of the pallbearers has sprained their ankle. Will Homer be a pallbearer?" And Homer says, "Yeah, I will." <laughs> Why? Fantastic question. Uh huh. <laughs> Why? Why would he? And then, well, he says, "Oh, I thought he said then that then then okay." The writers went, "Oh, that's a reasonable question. Why would Homer do this?" And uh, it is revealed not moments later when Homer says, "I thought, I thought she said polar bear." So what Homer thought was being asked is they asked she asked him, "Do you want to be a polar bear?" <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, that is the literally that's literally what Homer says, man. That's uh, that's textual, mm. okay? That's textual. And Homer says, "Yes, I would like to be a polar bear." So he agrees to be a pallbearer. Uh, he's really rude, and everyone makes fun of him, uh, or even just as, I don't even makes fun of him. They they're angry at him because he's being rude, carrying this poor person who's died. And this is so that's one, two, three inside the incidents. We're almost there, Matt. Okay, we're getting close. Almost, we're almost, almost there. Uh, this is so. Finally, we have Homer helping carry the the casket, and you might think, oh, they're gonna do something with the, the the actual burial they're gonna have something with homer getting in wacky hijinks of the family and more more chaos here like oh oh this it, if you, this feels like this could be like a, a seinfeld episode or curb your enthusiasm with like a lot right. of awkwardness it's all misanthropes yeah and and everyone's and they're kind of like oh they wanted food but oh no now they're being pulled into this funeral and maybe they 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 meet people there and they get pulled further into this miscommunication they have to lie more and more no, none of that happens. Homer falls into an open grave and hurts himself. And that's it. No that's more it. That's, no that's, more funeral. That's, it's like they had to pluck the individual parts out of each situation they needed to happen to get Homer to be on his back. That's it. That's all we needed for Homer to be on his back. So Homer falls in a grave. He is hurt. He can't get out. Uh, Bart shovels some, some dirt on him, uh, which... To be fair, that eats. that's to be fair, there is no more really, there's not much more Bart and or Lisa in this episode. They're kind of kind of tossed aside for the most part after this opening scenes. They're the Statler and Waldorf of this episode. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, Matt, in an episode about a lot about opera, that makes a certain kind of sense. That makes a, more sense. That's having true. a Statler and Waldorf around. But Homer falls in a grave. That's number four. And then finally, Matt, this is the actual inciting incident in like this is where a normal episode like a good episode would start the scene could just say homer gets hurt like that's all that we need you know homer needs to be to hurt himself so that he needs to go to the, the hospital so that they can set up the rest of this plot so that is that's that's three long long scenes very long like, it, it's got to the point we aren't even end to the end of the first act yet and we're almost 10 minutes in yeah there is a and to be fair that couch guy is very long which might be a part of it so but it just keeps going like you're like wait where is the story what is it's just nonsense just scene after scene of what like why why am i watching this none of this is funny i might add like there is not a joke to be seen this is just things happening um homer's in the hospital uh, he's hurt, uh, and they need to do a scan on him to see how badly he's hurt. Uh, and then through a series of wacky uh, 
wacky stuff happening. Uh... <laughs> Homer realizes that he's good at singing now. Homer, you have a mild back sprain, and you also ingested a dangerous quantity of grave dirt. Well, you're always telling me I should eat more dirt. Not dirt, vegetables. Which grow in what? Ugh. Look, I just need to make sure your vertebrae are properly aligned. This should take only a minute and cost about a thousand dollars. No! That doesn't sound like Homer's usual annoyed grunt. No! No! Fascinating. When Homer is on his back, his stomach lodges perfectly under his diaphragm, giving him a powerful singing voice. Is that a real thing? It is! Tenor Andrea Bocelli recorded an entire song on his back. You know, Homer, your singing could help alleviate patient suffering and save us a fortune at Demerol. My pleasure. If ever I would leave you, it wouldn't be in summer. Okay, man. Robbie, I have a question for you. Uh, oh, Why has no one ever discovered this? Homer is always on his back. <laughs> Was it the fall? Is that what the, prompted the singing voice? No, no, Matt. You, I, I mean, it's the age-old answer because the plot dictated it. <laughs> because they right, needed right, right, right. it to yeah, happen of this way. Uh, of course, yes. No, there's no reason. There, You could have, like, I, th- I liken this to... Um, to uh well, i can't think of the name of the episode um homar homar yes homar it i i liken it to that like you where you imagine like oh well yeah suddenly something gets shaken in his diaphragm or his vocal cords or his lungs or something and suddenly oh now he can sing but they don't do any of that instead they just have it because he's laying down and singing he's good at it and he's always been good at it, apparently. It's nothing to do with the fall. It's just he's laying down and singing, and he's never, literally in his life, never sang while he's laid down before. Ever. And I mean, he hasn't even said do while laying down, because he doesn't even start out by singing. He just says do, and it's very musical, and everyone's like, what? Like, no, that's not the way this <laughs> just, oh just say something in the fall, shook his diaphragm around. Uh, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't matter, man. Like, and the, get used to this, because Homer's going to be lying down and singing. Oh, boy. The entire episode. And I don't really care, which is like I, the fact that when Lisa goes, oh, yeah, this really happened once. They they there are real singers who do this. And you're like, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care, guys. Like it does. It's never been about if it could happen in real life. It, it's about if it would happen to Homer. Why on earth? OK. And he recorded it singing down. He didn't perform laying down like, OK, OK. So now, Matt, and I, I think I actually lied because technically this is also an inciting incident. That we're oh, still that's not, true. Actually, we're not technically we, there we yet. We don't get to the actual plot until all oh, the second act is almost over. Well, what's what is the plot of this episode? Is the real question. I, so Hibbert just rolls. We well, yeah, this is long. Homer sings this entire song, Matt. I didn't. I only pulled him. I just pulled the very beginning of this song, which is "If Ever I Would Leave You" by Cam from Camelot. And I prefer Ralph Wiggum's version. It's <laughs> fair. It's what? fair. It's fair. Um, he sings this entire song, and it's the performance is good for what it is. I mean, like I don't. Dan Castellano is a fine singer, but he's certainly not an opera star, and that's the problem. Like another problem with this, Dan Castellano is not an opera star. 
He's not. I, I, I've heard opera singers before, guys. They are, they are, they are, and one, it's a very particular talent, uh, an opera singer. It is not just, I am a good, opera stars are not just good singers. It's also about, it's about performance and projection, and there's a lot of complicated things. And it doesn't make any, okay. Oh boy, everything is just so stupid. This episode is just so dumb. It's just you have to be the dumbest person alive to to think this makes any sense, and I, I'm worried about the writing staff. I'm legitimately worried about them after this. Like I I can't imagine what <laughs> what state they have to be in to well, like go. Oh, this where is they okay are now. So I okay. So he sings and it's fine, but apparently it's so good. Everyone in the hospital is happier. Everyone, and Hibbert says, "Oh, we're doing this because it will help." people feel less pain because they hear good singing like dr hibbert mm-hmm. they'll save money on demerol you're a powerful powerful painkiller you're a doctor like play music on some speakers guys like it doesn't does someone doing it live make it better i don't understand of course robbie everyone loves live music and there's a po- there's a, there is a person i don't i like live music from bands i enjoy but live music from band from things i don't like is the opposite it makes me upset and frustrated and annoyed. Um, and there's a person who's getting worked on, getting surgery from Dr. Hibbert while Homer is just lying next to them singing. And it doesn't seem sanitary. That does not seem good at all. Why would you do that? Um, and now now we introduce an, we introduce another. I'm I'm like I'm remembering this stuff as I'm talking about it, Matt, and I am like I'm aghast because we're still not there. Because this is where we introduce Mr. Burns. Mr. Burns is here. Mm-hmm. Shopping. Mr. Burns starts this whole thing off and then disappears. Shopping in the morgue for organs. He well, shopping. he's responsible for all of the uh, anti-motorcycle helmet laws. <laughs> uh, so Burns is shopping for organs in the morgue. He hears Homer. And Burns wants him as an he wants him to sing. He wants him in Blob OM. He wants he's Burns is founded and is the creative director of the Opera House in Springfield. I guess <laughs> you can say that about this entire episode, Matt. I guess. Uh, and so he wants he loves Homer's singing voice. He wants him in Blob OM. And cut to because and Homer goes, well, I have to be lying down. And Burns is like, that's fine. <laughs> what? Yeah, we'll just change how the, all these operas have been done forever. What is happening? So, Homer, uh, we just cut to it. We cut to like right before the first performance, where Homer apparently doesn't even know what the the opera is about. Well, Homer doesn't know anything about opera. Period. I mean, he has no idea what the opera is about, despite the fact that he's going to be singing in it. Like how? How? I mean. I guess Homer doesn't know Italian and just memorized all the syllables, but still. That's it. But that's the thing, man. Like, he later says he makes up words. Like, as a gag, they have it where Homer goes, oh, I didn't. I just made up words in this one part and everyone was still happy about it. I'm like, mm-hmm. I, I'm going to break. hate to break this to you, Homer. People who like opera are very, very particular. <laughs> and, and a lot of them speak Italian. Weird idea. I yeah, know. It. And so I don't know. It, it it's so strange. Everything about all these decisions are so strange. But Homer performs apparently performs the entirety of Blah Blah M without knowing what the opera is about, laying down, and Matt, and he's a star. It gets a standing ovation. Mm-hmm. 
Everyone loves him. He's so good, despite being on his back and not knowing the words. <laughs> this is the first act. You haven't even left the first act yet. Nope. It gets but worse. At least this it gets this worse. is the end of the first act. It gets worse, Matt. We did. We go to commercial. Nine minutes and fifty six seconds. Oh, don't worry. We're going to talk about how much worse it gets, Robbie. <laughs> because now, now it's up to me. Uh, so everything in this episode seemed to take forever. We have the extended couch gag. And next, we get an over a minute long sequence where Homer is being lifted into position on his back, because remember, he can only sing on his back, by elephants, <laughs> for some reason, who are talking to each other. I, and one is amazed that it's one person and thinks it must be multiple people. This takes over a minute. One elephant will say something, they will wait five to six seconds, and then the other elephant will say something. <laughs> what? Just... Oh my god! I swear they repeated some frames of the animation because they just needed they needed to to make up time. I don't, I don't, I don't know, Matt. I don't know. I don't know what this is. I will say this, Matt. Here, I'll say this: this slow elephant conversation. I went. I I think this is the one of the very few things that this was so stupid that I enjoyed it. I think that it, it was so dumb. Like it, the it just it went it came back around. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I didn't laugh. I want to make that clear because I didn't laugh at anything in this episode. But I did go, oh, that's so dumb. Oh, that's so dumb. I, that's, uh, yeah, I think that was my reaction. So, <sighs> we then see uh, Homer uh, being successful, singing opera on his back all over the place uh, before we get a scene of him with Placido Domingo in the opera locker room. Nice set, Homer. That was a hot one. Wow, praise from Placido Domingo. Just call me P. Dingo. I'll think about it. You know, Homer, there is one thing about opera that has always bugged me. Everyone sings instead of talking. But you made me believe I was in a magical world where singing is talking. Thanks. You know, of the three tenors, you're my second favorite. No, wait, I forgot about that other guy. Sorry, you're third. Wait, Homer, before you go, there's a new note I've been working on. Tell me what you think. And that's where I cut it off, because you don't need a minute <laughs> no, and a half Matt, of them singing Matt. a note we needed, each other. We needed to hear it. We needed to hear it, Matt. Come on. Without the dejected look on Domingo's face at the end, you don't really get the full impact but of I how mean, incredibly stupid this is. This is, I like you just said, Matt, everything takes forever. This yeah. is painfully unfunny, and it just goes back and forth for eternity. And I don't know, it, it, like, I don't, like, do you get Placido Domingo, and this is what you do with him? This is what we, mm-hmm. this is what, he just sings nonsense to Homer, and Homer goes, eh. Yeah. Well, that's the problem I have with a lot of guest stars, is they are made to be mouthpieces for fawning praise of the characters on the show. And this is not just The Simpsons. There are a lot of shows that do this. Oh, a guest star shows up, and they're just telling the main characters how great they are. I hate that. I hate it so much. It's so incredibly stupid and shallow. It's terrible writing is what it is. <sighs> anyway. So, uh, we Homer now has his entourage of Lenny and Carl. He's having his anniversary dinner with Marge at a fancy restaurant. Lenny and Carl are along to help Homer keep it real. Uh, eventually, uh, some fans show up to uh, bother Homer uh, and make it uh, just... Uh, 
Marge is very upset. She just wants the dinner to be uh, her and Homer. Eventually, Homer asks Lenny and Carl to leave. They move to a nearby table uh, and call Marge Yoko, which, oh, God, guys, really? <clears throat> but unfortunately, uh, <sighs> yeah, I, I know. Lenny and uh, Carl, Matt, okay. Lenny and Carl mm-hmm. are characters that up until Carl eventually does get backstory. Actually, I actually do like those Carl episodes. The the where we learn about. Oh yeah, they're those, great. Those actually, are, those are really good. But up into this point, season nineteen, Lenny and Carl have always been these supporting characters, background characters. They've never gotten they're they're vehicles for jokes largely. Um, sometimes good, sometimes bad. But they are have always been. They have always been kind of. A, I think don't they even do that in the Hamlet? They they're they're a. Uh, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern type characters, effectively, where they're just like you know, they're always kind of making fun of the story at a remove. They're or they're or they're they're always at a distance from the 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 actual contents of an episode, and they're always benevolent. They're always nice. Mm-hmm. Not in this. Not not here. Not in this case. They're no. really they're gross. They're really gross. I mean, they are typical. They're typical uh, followers, followers and hangers on of a famous person, which you should have gotten somebody else to do that. I was going to say, like, you just introduced some random characters that look like the guys from Entourage and then they show up like you don't need. Yeah. To, why do you have Lenny and Carl in the spot? Why do you got to make me hate Lenny and Carl? Oh, Robbie, we're going to hate everyone by the end of this. Uh, fair enough. Uh, so Homer is accosted by fans. Eventually, they leave the restaurant and Homer is uh, March talks to him about being out of touch and being, you know, uh, too famous for his own good, which we've had the same thing happen to Homer over and over and over. He Homer gets famous and gets out of touch. It's it's what the Simpsons writers fall back on when they want a Homer episode. Well, this okay right here, Matt. Before we get any further, I want to stop. There's a hard line mm-hmm. here, okay? Hard line. There's a scene where this whole this whole scene, like I'm actively. I've said this before. As I've been as I watch episodes, I'm trying to track. I'm like, okay, where is this episode going? What are the arcs? What are the themes? And at this point, you're like, okay, this is what this episode is. It took forever to get there, but it's going to be about, it's going to be what you said. It's going to be like, they fall, this thing they fall back on a lot with Homer getting famous and then getting out of touch and Marge missing him and wanting the true Homer back. She wants Homer. She doesn't want opera star Homer. And sure, they've done it before, but at least I know what that is. And you're like, okay, and they leave the restaurant because there are some groupies. They call them groupies, by the way. They're very particular. They call all these old, they're all old ladies, okay? All old ladies. Mm-hmm. Because that, that's everyone who loves opera is old. Everyone who loves, not, and everyone who loves, and there is one gay man, one young gay man, I will add, in this scene. Because Marge tells Homer to stop flirting with the old ladies. And then Homer flirts with a, a man, a gay man, apparently. And, oh boy. Okay, guys. Um... So that's who likes opera, Matt. It is old ladies and gay men. That is the only people who yes. like opera, apparently. So I mean, from all of my watching of Frasier, that checks out. <laughs> okay. So no, wait, wait, wait. I'm just. Said. I was gonna say, okay. hard line. This is where the episode could have gone in a relatively sane direction. Yeah, one which we have seen before, but hey, you know, sometimes it, that's okay. It it is a it is, but it is sane. Right. It is like you could you could take that same plot and spin it a little bit, tweak it here and there and make it its own thing. But they don't they don't. They go the craziest way possible. 
It is absolutely bananas. This is also where uh, Lenny and Carl can. We Lenny and Carl are in a limo, and I this is I bring this up because of the, what I said previously. Oh God, Lenny and Carl are in a limo, and uh, Homer says, "No, I'm going to walk with Marge." So they drive away. But also in the limo are the two ladies from inside the restaurant who love the groupies who liked Homer. And no, 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 Robbie, Robbie. They don't drive away. Homer and Marge are still standing outside the limo as it begins to rock. Oh, good. And one of the old ladies, the younger of the old ladies, because I think one of them is the other lady's mother. I believe they say that in the restaurant. So that is a very old, like a great grandmother and then a grandmother, two generations. And they're related, mother, mother and daughter. The younger one says, I really wanted to hook up with Homer. Uses those exact words, man. I really wanted to hook up with Homer. Carl looks at her and says, we both know that was not going to happen, but I'm right here. And then we cut away out of the limo and it begins to rock. So what they're Uh telling me is that Carl coerced an elderly woman to have sex with him because of out of with Homer's fame in a limousine with that lady's that lady's el, even more elderly mother watching mm-hmm. and Lenny for that matter I'm less concerned about Lenny and Carl having you know <laughs> Lenny, I feel Lenny like I feel, I feel like Lenny and Carl are in a polycule already I'm just like are they're just these these elderly ladies. What is oh, going Robbie, on? don't worry. It gets much stupider from here. Oh, you're right, too. You're right. Okay, so uh, at this point, Homer and Marge are walking home, and they begin to be chased by a large crowd, uh, a crowd of elderly ladies uh, who are running after them. Homer and Marge duck down an alleyway uh, and hide. <laughs> the old ladies eventually arrive to the alleyway, cannot see them, so... <laughs> One of them pulls out opera glasses and switches to thermal imaging mode. They have predator vision. They have predator vision, Matt. They do. This old lady has predator vision. And not only that, it's bad predator vision because that's not how heat transfer works. Because if you jumped inside of a cold dumpster, your heat signature is not going to register. Anyway, Homer and Marge are inside the dumpster, uh, but they see them with the thermal imaging camera. Uh, they, They jump out and begin to run down the alley. But just like every alley in Springfield, there seems to be a chain link fence going down the middle of this alleyway. Why? Who knows? Narratively convenient. Yep. But luckily for them, uh, someone jumps a motorcycle off a <sighs> ramp, bounces off of Barney's stomach over the chain link fence and tells them to hop on. Uh, it is very obviously a woman's voice saying hop on in a fake masculine way. Uh, and then they proceed to peel out back to the Simpson home, which is where we pick up and find out exactly who has saved them. And this is where we shift into the main plot, or possibly a weird secondary plot. You be the judge. Sure, thank you for saving us. You want to come in for coffee? That's right. I'm a woman. A lady motorcycle driver? What is this, the Twilight Zone? It's a shame a few out-of-control fans can make the rest of us look bad. I couldn't agree more, Julia. Listen, I love opera, but I hate the way these people treat your husband. Why don't you make me president of Homer's fan club, and I'll keep the crazies in check. That's a great idea. To celebrate, I'll go whip us up some Chex Mix pie. So, did you see the show tonight? 
Remember the part where I forgot the words and I just sang, uh-oh, SpaghettiOs? I'm hoping they send me a case. Now listen, Homer. You can have me any time you want me. Marge? But if you say one word to your wife, I'll tell her you attacked me. What is it, sweetie? Um, everyone's wearing clothes in here. That's nice. And that is how we end the second act. 16 minutes in. <laughs> everyone's wearing clothes in here. <sighs> and thankfully we go to a commercial after this. So now Robbie has to talk about the insanity that is act three. This is the plot, Matt, by, Matt, for, by the way. Yes, you're, mm-hmm. you, what this is, this is the plot. This because this is what this is what comes to the climax. This is the the this is here. This is actually if you really want to be exact with it, like you would say, oh, this is a twist of the turn. But honestly, considering how much how important Julia is to the third act and to what turns into the story, um, this everything before this was inciting incidents. So That's my, true. My if count, this is your plot. If, if this is your plot, then Julie should have been introduced at the end of Act 1, not at the end of Act 2. This is it, man. This is where you're like, I, I'm... I, Julia... Okay, so I... Questions. These are important. These matter. These questions mm-hmm. matter. These are not... in. Like, I, I'm going to ask, like, well, would they not realize that they were crashing a funeral? Yes, of course they would realize it. But that ultimately doesn't matter. This, these questions do matter. Why does Julia know Homer? Because he's famous as an opera singer, I guess. Okay, so Julia, fan of opera, fan of Homer because of that, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, this is where you go. I know a lot of the time. I don't know. I I allude to this a lot. I was thinking about this as I was watching this episode because I clearly did not want to think about this episode directly because it might give me brain damage. Uh, I I talk a lot about you know these are things you clean up in a first draft. These are, this is the first draft, and then you clean it up. This is what this is. This is what this episode is. I'm going to make that very clear. This is a, a bad first draft. That's okay. Having a bad first draft, perfectly fine, because you can go back well, yeah, and you can fix it. That's how you do. You just write down all of your ideas set in a loose approximation of you know from this to this to this, and then you go back and clean it up. They you, just didn't do that. <laughs> you, you go back and clean it up or once or twice or three times, as many times as it takes. That's the answer. There is never a clear like, oh, I, you have this, you do it this in this way and it takes this much time. No, it could take, it could be easy because your first draft was pretty good or it could take a long time because your first draft was really rough and it's not necessarily easy to know that right ahead of the time. So you sometimes have to take longer to work on stuff. Um, they did not. This is all appearances of this is the first draft. They didn't clean it up. They didn't do anything. They just rolled with it because at this point you introduce Julia and and you uh, and you if you wrote this the way it is, it is it is shown. You would go, oh, we definitely need to introduce Julia earlier. We need to tease Julia. We need to tease the fact that Julia is an ominous figure because that's what Julia is the antagonist of this. Julia is the villain of this episode. And one, you would go well. We're, if we want to introduce Julia as a very important character, we need to give her some depth. We need to make her real, not just a plot device, because all Julia is in this is a plot device. She is not a real character, not even close. There's nothing about Julia. I cannot name anything about Julia that doesn't directly serve the plot. There's nothing about her that does not directly serve the plot. And you need to introduce her watching Homer. You have this shadowy, shadowy femme fatale 
watching Homer perform and she's stricken by him for whatever reason. You don't really need it to make sense that she loves him or she, you know, that she's obsessed. She's this crazy right. stalker lady. It doesn't need to be rational. Um, but we just need to see, know that she is obsessed with him. Uh, and then you gently introduce her. Maybe she introduces Homer as a counterpoint to all the crazy fans where she says, oh, I'm hello. I'm Julia. I love opera and I love you. You're great. I'm a normal fan. Ah, blah, blah. And then you start see, and then alongside that, you'd have Homer start to be overwhelmed by the fame. You have the, you could have that stuff with Marge. That doesn't necessarily occlude that, but you then, so that's step one. She's introduced. We know who Julia is. We know that Julia, and we have like a little hint that hmm, maybe Julia is a little, and then maybe you, you could do, this is very trope, tropey, but you could cut back to like Julia's house and have like, she has a shrine to Homer or something, you know, and it's creepy. Um, but it would make sense. It would be tropey, but it would make sense. And yes. like she, you you could have the whole rising action thing where slowly more and more you see Julia acting a little funny and probably midway through act two, she confesses to Homer. And then the rest of act two is her being incredibly inappropriate towards him the way she is in the beginning of act three. Right. And, but it's slower and we get to know Julia more and it's a slower reveal and she steps in and, you know, she's like, oh, well, I'll be your assistant. I'll, I'll help take care of everything that, you know, obviously, like, I know opera. I know the opera world. I can be helpful. Um, and that, you know, then she, she insinuates herself into the, the Simpsons lives and Marge. We don't like they've done this plot badly before, so I'm hesitant to suggest it. But that like that, that is what you like. The what is the episode where Marge uh, where they drug Marge at the end of it? What's that one called? Matt? Is that it's a Mad 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 March? Yes. Yeah, but also has that's Becky. Mm-hmm. Very similar. Uh, it would be a similar arc, to, but good. Um, but you would establish all these things, and you see, oh, Julia, no, like, so Julia. We we have to assume from this scene that Julia has been following Homer because she knows exactly where they are, and is also great on a motorcycle. By the way, yes, this um, is very important to the plot. So. Oh boy. Um, we have a scene here where Julia is now taking control of everything. Like she's on the phone and she's like organizing stuff. Is that what a president of a fan club does, by the way? No, that is what an assistant does. But let's not let that get in the way. She's like an executive assistant to uh, to Homer. That's really what she's doing, which is fine. But she wasn't that. She said she's the president of a fan club. President of a fan club. Okay, it's not generally an official thing. If it is, it's a, okay. Um, but there is no time here. There is just, they have five minutes. They are blazing through this plot where there are no connected scenes. There's no slow build. It's just one to a hundred in, in five minutes. Actually, it's one to one to zero to 100 and then 100 back to zero in five minutes. Um, get a montage of Julia being like, abusive effectively like sexually harassing homer over and over and over again that's our first montage so we have a scene of julia on the phone setting up appointments and then a long montage of her sexually harassing homer and i first thought that my first inclination was these aren't real these are just homer seeing things but no, they're oh, real. you they're, sweet summer child i know they're real though they're real because we see her in like the 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 like in the 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 nuclear like handling area 
Like Homer is going to handle real like nuclear material, radioactive material, and she's inside there naked. What? Robbie, stupidity doesn't matter. She's crazy. I she would die, man. It would kill her. You can't really Maybe the entire time Julie is a figment of Homer's imagination and his genius is so much that everyone's just putting up with it. So she's there. She sees he sees her in all these really ridiculous places, and it finally ends with her in I'm gonna I'm gonna I I, I gotta slow down, Matt, because I'm losing my mind. We see her in bed. We well, we see her in the Simpsons bed, but we don't see her actually. We just see Marge's hair, right? Rest of the body is covered up. Homer's in the bathroom getting ready for, I presume, getting ready for bed. Is that a safe assumption? That's what I would have guessed. Okay. I think that's the safe assumption. Homer comes to bed, pulls back the blanket. It is Julia there. She's in lingerie. Okay. She's in lingerie in the Simpsons house in their bed, presumably before they go to sleep. Where is Marge? Fantastic question. I'm assuming she's tied up and, uh, you know, uh, gagged in a nearby closet. Where is the rest of the family? Do they, there's a, 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 a just like, maybe they're used to seeing Julia around, but if Julia's just walking around in her lingerie, like, does no one have any questions about this? Does no one care? Like, they play up this angle like, oh, if Homer says anything, she'll tell Marge. But that never, that's not, never comes up because they don't have time for it. They don't have any, no. there's no scenes where she, like, teases, oh, I'm going to tell. Tell what? Tell what, Julia? Yeah, and then Homer fires her, and she never follows through on her threat. No, she just gives, okay, so there, thank you, Matt, because that is my next clip. She, home, this is where we come to a head, even though this is, Julia has been a character for roughly two minutes at this point. Two minutes of time, Julia has been a character, that's me with sneer quotes, um, where Homer yells at her and fires her because they're running out of time. That's it. Let me make something very clear. My heart belongs to Marge, and you can never, ever have it. This opera is over when the fat man sings. All right, Homer. I understand perfectly. You shall never be mine. That's good. You've calmly accepted that you will never have the only man you could ever love. And now I think it would be best if you left. Julia, wait! Yes? Before you go... Could you hire your own replacement? But make sure she's not crazy like you. Die, ah! oh, you stupid goober! Dad, I think someone's trying to kill you. Who could it be? A disgruntled former employee? Whoever it is, the cobra is their symbol. So I included all that, Matt, just to um, just to demonstrate no scenes in between. Nope. No scenes. There's no pause. So Homer fires Julia. And it's not we're, uh, by the musical sting leads me to believe that it's not the fact that he fires her that she's upset. It's because he asked her to hire her a replacement. I mean, that's just a bad musical cue, I think. OK, fair enough. Um, Maybe they should talk to each other about stuff like that. But also, OK, so Homer is it. Julia's trying to kill Homer now. And no time in between. No build. No building of dread. No multiple th- attempts. There are two. There is the Cobra and then the, the follow final one. Yeah, so Homer pulls, pours his breakfast cereal. There's a Cobra inside. A Cobra. Matt. Mm-hmm. The most dangerous of all snakes, a.k.a. the most identifiable on screen. 
How okay, Matt? This is uh, this, this is ultimately my question. Obviously, like mm-hmm. it speaks for itself. It's so stupid. But as an audience, I've never I've never seen this episode before. So maybe I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to pull them out. Mr. Simpson's writer, I have a question for you. Oh no. Okay, Mr. Simpson's writer. When I see this scene of Homer having a cobra in his cereal and then him grabbing it by the tail and beating it against a fridge and the countertop. Um, and then the Cobra has like a cartoony woozy face on and Maggie laughs. Um, how am I supposed to feel? Am I supposed to feel like, Oh, Oh no, Julia, this disturbed woman is trying to kill Homer. So I should feel afraid and intense or, or is it, is it more like, um, Oh man, uh, this woman has access to exotic animals. Suddenly, uh, why is that? Uh, it's the first one. You should feel incredibly terrified that she has access to such uh, deadly, deadly things. Uh, because you know it, it's it's terrifying when you think about the fact that she is she's trying to kill him. We're using such exotic methods, uh, and thankfully Homer is smart enough. Uh, that he is able to grab the snake and and beat it up because that's what you should do in those situations. Obviously, there is no tension here. There is no worry. Um, one, they haven't built up Julia as a threat. We don't even know who Julia is. Like she rides in on a motorcycle. Two scenes later, one, and literally the next scene, she's coming on to Homer and, and showing that she's a crazy stalker. The next scene is she's, is she's a, a, obviously a serial harasser, and the next scene is she's fired, and then the next scene is she has a cobra. And like, there is no tension here. I'm not worried about Homer's life. I am going well. That immediately suspended my disbelief. That he has this crazy situation that's coming to try and kill him. Like, if you want it to be tense, you have to make it realistic. It has to be like she cut the brakes in his car. Yeah, well, I mean, there, there there's no time for buildup, Robbie. I mean, we've only got a few minutes left in this episode. We can't have, you know, uh, the time when Homer's in danger. I, You're right, Matt. That is the actual answer is that they just don't – they have – wrote written themselves into a corner and they don't they didn't go back and rewrite the first two-thirds of this episode so they just left it this way so we are immediately immediately okay matt i'm not this is not hyperbole on my part we immediately cut to after the cartoon cobra scene which is i i'm i think they're referencing jungle book here but i don't know why why would you do that just because you can reference something doesn't mean you should um, we immediately cut to Homer performing the Barber of Seville, referencing the very title of this episode. And the cops are there. They're watching out for Homer. Apparently, mm-hmm. apparently, I mean, we see a like very brief, like we see Marge tell Wiggum, why don't you just call off the performance? And Wiggum's like, I, my first responsibility is to the fans of, op- like, that's not my problem. My problem is not that this performance <laughs> goes on. My per- my problem is that there are no scenes that have, oh, Homer going to the police and saying, uh, there's this lady. She's trying to get me. And then we have like maybe a scene where Wiggum looks up this lady and we see, oh, she's actually killed before and she's wanted and she's actually like a master of disguise. I'm like, build up this character more, have her be more of a... But no, we don't get any. We literally just cut to the performance where there's a bunch of cops around. Um, they pre-crash the chandelier. Robbie, that's the least crazy thing they do. They crash the chandelier. They have blow up homers which are floating through the air. And 
Oh gosh, what was the first incredibly stupid thing? I thought they listed like one real thing, like they had sniper nest or something, and then they also had. Like, oh yeah, they, they had snipers on the gargoyles. That's what it was. Okay, all right. Um, so Harmer performs the, them, this, but we have the family watching from a uh, a balcony seat, and uh, 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 Homer is performing the Barber of Seville, and then Bart spots that Julia is the conductor. She's she's in disguise again, and she has a poison blow dart as a as a conducting wand and she's going to kill homer this way wiggum fails to stop her uh he he is she conducts the tubas to blow real hard you know me real loud one time mm-hmm. and wiggum falls that, into that stops wiggum wiggum falls into a tuba don't you, he's fat matt so he and, yeah it's he, hilarious he tubas are often used for fat people yeah like uh-huh i he, get it but he fell into it like and he like he's like it's stuck on his butt a little bit you know funny hilarious yeah uh so this is so wigan fails marge jumps this isn't again this is, i would pull the clip for this but it's all action so you would not know what was happening uh marge <laughs> matt i can't do this marge mm-hmm. jumps out of her balcony seat like jumps from the balcony seat down to the the, the stage and i like what she what instrument does she grabs like a uh a french horn french horn is it okay she grabs a french horn as Julia is blowing this poison dart and catches the the French horn catches the dart and redirects it back at Julia. You see, because a French horn kind of looks like a like an angle, like if it went in the bell, uh, it would just go around and then pop back out the mouthpiece because it's not that the air goes through a whole bunch of uh, other little things that would have you know, completely stopped it. No, no, no. Oh, oh, man, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. Um. It is just so cartoonish. It's just so stupid. It's just so dumb. There is no there is no stakes here. I don't care about anything happening. Marge catches the poison dart in the in the French horn. It redirects it at Julia. She is shot with it. She doesn't die, uh, apparently, from the poison dart because uh, she's laying there. Uh, the snipers are ordered to shoot at Julia for pretty sure like 45 seconds. We have a, literally a scene of long of 45 seconds of go- of the snipers shooting and missing Julia. Every time. Every time. They did not hit her one time, even though they later say that she has been hit by snipers. We did not, no bullets hit her. I did not see a bullet I mean, hit I her. I saw, at one point, I saw a bullet hit her in the shoulder. Oh, she got shot once? Mm-hmm. As far as, as, far as I can tell, it's the only time they actually hit her. But then a chandelier drops on her. A small one, this time. How many chandeliers? Okay, whatever. Um, Julia's uh, not, Julia's alive, Matt. Julia is not dead. Well, the Dr. Hibbert is on hand to explain why that is. Yeah, there's something about poison and the bullet smasher. And uh, then yes, the... the bullet lodged in her veins, stopping the poison from going to her heart. And then the, uh, uh, what was it, the chandelier squeezed it all out of her, which would mean she'd be dead because they squeezed all of her blood out of her. Don't worry about it, Matt. So Julia is dead. Not Julia is alive and she swears final revenge on March. I don't know why. Because I don't care about... Why does this matter? Who cares about Julia? No one cares about Julia. She just existed. Just kill her. With no mm-hmm. loss. She swears revenge on Marge, and the, her final, and her act of revenge here is that she made an appointment that's inconvenient to Marge. Oh, boy. Okay. Mm. Um, This is where Julia goes to the hospital or something. Go to jail. Who knows? It doesn't matter. Homer... This is a lot, my last clip. Uh, Homer quits opera for no reason. Well, that's it. I'm retiring from the opera. It's just too popular. And I know something much more fun I can do on my back. 
Singing opera made me good at painting. Is that a real thing? No. Uh, it's over, Robbie. Thank goodness. It's it over. is over. That's the end of the episode where we see Homer go, it's too dangerous, and he quits opera. No reason to quit opera. Not, oh, the fame gets to him. Or no, now he can't sing anymore, which was the the, the way that makes sense. Like, oh, the physical thing that, the thing that made him a good singer. Oh, maybe if you really wanted to do this stupid thing, Julia could hurt him in a very specific way that made him so he can't sing anymore. Um, and so he's, he has to retire just to quit being an opera mm-hmm. singer. I, I, Matt, I'm going to, I'm past the point where I'm like really angry about these episodes, you know, like that they're so stupid, but I, I feel like this final little stinger here where Homer is shown to be painting like a, a, a like a Renaissance painting or something on the scene. Is it Sistine? Is this the Sistine Chapel? Is it the, the basically yes? Yeah, on the painting that onto the creation of Adam. That's what it is. I couldn't remember the name. Pa- basically recreating the creation of Adam with Homer on the, his own ceiling, and Homer just saying, "I guess I'm good at I'm good at painting now." And Lisa going, "Nah." Are the writers laughing at us? I think they are. Saying that this is what the show is going to be if you don't like it, tough. Okay, I have a minor rebuttal for that. <laughs> okay. Maybe make it good. <laughs> no, no, Robbie, that takes way too much. Maybe I mean, try. We said, the, I mean, we said in the beginning, this is a first draft that they didn't bother with. Try. That's all I ask. Try, guys. Try. Because mm-hmm. literally, that's what you do. Here, Matt, ask me a question. Go ahead. We'll write this episode at the end of the show. Robbie, is this episode incredibly, incredibly broken to the point where I feel like it's in shreds and pieces and is tearing at my feet as no, I walk across trying right to clean it up? No, you the first time with that quick fix idea. Let's see. Quick fix. Quick fix. Ah. I'm sorry, Matt. I cut you off. I didn't intend to. That's that's quite all right. I understand. I thought you were done and you just kept going. Uh, but yeah, of course. Of course. It's, it's broken. But I'm going to lay this out. When you get to the part where you're writing the episode and you go, oh, we need to introduce this we're we're at the third act we need we're i want we want to not even we need to because they didn't need to do anything but we want to introduce julia we want to we have a oh we have a guest spot for uh maya rudolph we want to put her in this julia role um we need to we need to write that we want to write that here okay this is the point where you go back to that first act and you rewrite all of it to set up julia that's how that's how writing works is when you get to the, the end of the story and you go, oh, we want to end it this particular way, you go back to the beginning, you rewrite it. You change what you've done. Um, you don't just keep going. You don't just go, oh, well, uh, this is the way it is. Because um, it is, it's abysmal. Uh, it's it's shameful. Like, if my name was on the, I've said this before, this is like the laziest mm-hmm. of writing. Um, and I don't really blame Carolyn O'Mine herself. I blame the entire writer's room because I'm pretty sure all these are just, you know, group project where we just cobble together nonsense and we don't fix anything um uh i fix it that would be ideal but you know fix it mm. you uh the plot I, I i don't know do we include julia matt that's my question my only question is really do we include julia well that's the question is the main plot homer singing and the fandom and everything or is it homer getting involved with this woman who is a a stalker of him what is the main plot i mean the problem with this is the problem with Julia here. Um, why can't I think of that movie, Matt? What's the name of that movie? Um, what with was it's not 
It's not. I always get the names. I always forget the name because it's not Basic Instinct. It is Michael Douglas. I haven't seen a lot of Michael Douglas movies, so sorry. You, the one where they kill the rabbit. Fatal Attraction. Fatal Attraction is the movie I'm thinking of. Never seen it. Fatal Attraction is the the very like the I think the most famous kind of obsessed kind of romantic soccer mm-hmm. kind of movie. There's yeah, you know, I there's it. There's other permutations, obviously, but it's the one I think of probably because it is the one that most most humanizes the stalker character. Glenn, uh, it doesn't help. It doesn't hurt that Glenn Close is the the place the the, the stalker, the, the obsessed character, because um, she's obviously a great actress. But Fatal Attraction works is because oh, Michael Douglas has an affair, a one night stand with Glenn Close's character, and then wants to move on he wants to he 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 makes a mistake realizes he's made a mistake uh and there's it's a huge part of the movie is like oh i need to cut her out of my life and move on with my life it was i I guess i had an affair but i need to work it out with my wife and we need to get past this and the glencoe's character goes no i'm not i'm not gonna accept that this isn't you don't get to use me like that and I like that's the interesting part of that story, you know. It's like, oh, she and she goes crazy and does terrible things. But at the, <laughs> at the core of it, you understand her outrage, right? And that's all that matters. Like, yeah, obviously she goes off the rails and does terrible stuff. But you understand at the core of it her motivation. Like, oh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not to be thrown as, I'm not to be cast aside. I think that's she says something like that in the, even in the movie. And if you have a character like Julia, like. What is her motivation? Is it is it simply obsession with Homer and wanting and like wanting him? And when he de- denies her, she gets upset. That's kind of boring to me. That's just like that's very that's like the most boring version of this. Like this is a very basic thriller plot. Like of like where it's just oh, this woman is obsessed. She insinuates herself into the lives of this family, and then when she is she wants something and doesn't get it, she goes crazy and tries to kill Homer. It's a very basic thriller story and there's not a lot of depth to it and julia and the julia of that is still not an interesting character the the reason that like a movie like fatal attraction is interesting is because you understand her motivation and you're there's an even part of you goes oh she does have a point and how michael douglas is kind of a scumbag at first he's kind of a sleaze sleaze in it and i mean and he's still a sleaze by the end but you have to sympathize with him yes exactly because he because because and it, but it makes it more interesting it makes it more compelling because you're like oh right oh no and like it makes it more down to earth it makes it more like more more interesting because there's nuance there because there's shades of gray instead of just black and white so including julia makes would set this apart from other episodes that have already done homer gets famous and gets a big head kind of stories which is what this be, would be if julie is not involved if julie's not involved that's what this episode is homer gets i we'd go with what homer is hurt suddenly can sing becomes an opera star uh and gets a big head ultimately um marge is missing him and wants him and wants to reel him back and he has to decide if he wants to be one or the other and maybe in the end of the day, he he almost is going to become an opera star, and then he hurts him, his stomach, or hurts whatever the thing is that made him sing in the first place, and that makes the decision for him, or blah 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 blah. There's a lot of different little different nuances that you can do. That's that plot. If you include Julia, 
you make her that you make that thriller, you know? Right. And you you move Julia's introduction way up in the episode and put the focus on that. Like it's just taken uh, as a given at that point for like you either make the whole thing about Homer and Marge disagreeing or you make the whole thing about Julia. It's one or the other. You can't do both. Yeah, exactly. And like, I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe you it, it could be interesting. The Julia stuff could be interesting if you make her a real threat and like you dial up the like. But the problem is like that you have to cho- t- totally change the tone of the show. Like it has to be Kate Fear. You know, it has to be that where like mm. you're like Bob is scary in Kate Fear. And it has to be that where you're like, oh, I am genuinely terrified of this woman. Um, she is willing to go to great lengths, and like she, there have to be a, there have to be a lot of violence too, which and real violence, not cartoon violence, which is all they do in season nineteen, eighteen, seventeen. It's just cartoon violence, and none of it can be taken seriously. So maybe go for that and try. Maybe like they haven't really done like that kind of story. The Simpsons haven't, at least. They've always had these like you know, Mindy or Lurleen, where it's amicable, amicable. You know, it's Homer isn't worried about them killing him he just has to turn them down it's about temptation um in this julia would have to do real violence maybe we can fail attraction she kills a bunny um i don't think i want characters murdering animals in the simpsons so i don't i don't know what you do maybe take something very valuable to homer um and destroy it i don't know it's hard to say but the problem is i'm just reading for homer like there's no nuance there I don't know. Simpsons doesn't have to be fatal attractions, though, so eh, you don't have to listen to me. Either version of those is way better than this. This is nonsense. This is garbage. Oh, boy, Matt. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. Let's move on. Let us move on to the next segment. It's time for comments from the news group. Okay, here we are. Alt.nerd.obsessive. Comments from the news group is where I ask our patrons on patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show for their thoughts on the episode. Uh, they leave a review, and I read it on the air. Appreciate everyone who does this, because they watch this episode. Uh, and I'm well aware of how terrible it is. Uh, from Tim, the first 15 minutes of this episode were a complete waste of everybody's time. Starting with the two-minute intro, followed by a frustrating set of inciting incidents. The bulk of the time seemed to be spent making worse versions of earlier ideas, i.e. Homer sounded like a worse version of Barney's Barbershort Quartet appearance. But in the last five minutes, we have Maya Rudolph's Julia, the likes of which we haven't seen in 18 seasons. Lonely Lumpkin and Mindy Simmons, you may have had your eyes on Homer, but you weren't really dangerous. If only we had 20 minutes with Julia instead of five, we might have had something. As it is, Ru- Rudolph's appearance lifts this from a ho-hum 340s ranking to number 301. Uh, might be a little too bold. Mm-hmm. Uh, from Derek. I mean, let's not beat around the bush. This episode is abysmal, but I still prefer it to last week's cheerily because each ridiculous plot turn kept me watching in bafflement, as opposed to those long plotting scenes that confused and annoyed me. You know what it is, though? I have no respect for these episodes in the way I do for even the worst of the scully ears. Regardless of what you think of the humor, it's at least obvious that the writer's room at the time thought it was funny. We're having a good time making it. Season 19, I don't believe for a second that anyone's sitting around laughing coming up with this and are instead just turning out nonsense for a paycheck. It's the soullessness of the, of the gene years that irks me. People deride scully ears and often say, at least it improves when Al takes back over. And I'm always thinking, does it? Like, thank God I can skip over Tamako and Yevon Yajoy's... I try to say join the, I can't do the join the Navy backwards thing very well. Uh, so I can get to the truly inspired stuff and he loves to fly and he does and whatever the hell this is. It's a fair point. Uh, from JJ, 
The premise of Homer being a great opera singer while laying on his back is fine, but the first two acts are weighed down by typical teen season problems, long intro, inciting incidents, lame and tired gags, the painful scene with Placido Domingo, and then an already below average episode plummets off a cliff when Julia arrives. Not only is it too late in the episode to develop any sort of character for her, but everything we do get is cartoonish, rushed, stupid, or downright disturbing. Like Julia trying to blackmail Homer into having an affair, or she'll tell, tell Marge he attacked her? I don't want this type of thing in my Simpsons episode. But sadly, I'm not surprised. Not anymore. Uh, from Lauren. The more I think about it, the more I dislike this episode. Certain things just happen without being set up or explained, like Julia's lust for Homer and his groupies. Would have been an interesting episode if they had developed Julia's characteristics as well as her wants and desires, but instead, there's too much time spent on Homer singing. Did laugh at Homer singing at Ned that he was a waste of a mustache. It's such a stupid line, but it got me. Overall, I would give a shock value of a four. It didn't seem to be a lot of offensive material, but there is a lack of potential. Uh, from ha Hoffa, very succinct. Twas bad. Don't need, really need to say much more than that. And finally, from Matt. What is this? Who is this woman? Where did she come from? Why does she want to sleep with Homer? Why does she work for them? It's like the final act was supposed to be the actual plot, but then they crammed the first part of the episode with so much pointless crap that it cut everything from the final third. They don't even have a scene where she introduces herself. Marge just says, Thanks, Julia. Like she's someone we already know. It's so sad to see such little care being given in these episodes. We are well and truly into zombie Simpsons territory at this point, and there is no end in sight. Oh Ooh boy, there really isn't. No, we are definitely in. This is definitely Zombie Simpsons. I can't argue with that. Um, I mean, there's an end in sight. It's when I die. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's that's the end of it, Matt. I'm gonna put in my will that you have to continue the show on even after I die. You realize wills aren't legally uh aren't legal obligations. I'm gonna put right? in my will, Matt. And you're going to feel bad if you don't That's do it. That's fine. And I'm going to be able to laugh at you and go, ha ha, hell no. I'm going to haunt Besides, you. I'm going to die before you. We all know that. I mean, you are bigger than me. It's like, you know, you know big, That's true. big animals die. For also, I love pizza more than you do. <laughs> I don't know about that, man. That's, I really like pizza. And I like garbage pizza. I'll eat anything. I don't care. I don't need fancy pizza. I eat DiGiorno like, for lunches like twice a week. Mm, that sounds good. Have you tried the croissant? Right. Have you tried the croissant crust pizza? It's pretty good. I have not. Where pretty, is that from? It's DiGiorno. DiGiorno is crunch. Cr oh, I haven't uh, had frozen pizza. In a that's what I'm saying. I eat frozen pizza twice a week at least, plus on top regular pizza. I'm a fiend. All right, Matt. Let's move on. Enough pizza talk. So new spinoff podcast, right. Pizza Talk. Uh, we move on to our next segment. It's time for Listener Question of the Week. Let's try one more number. <gasps> Yellow. KBBL is going to give me something stupid. Well, hot dog. We have a wiener. Yellow. Our listener question of the week this week is, what is your most wasted guest star? All right. From Tim, I didn't think it was possible to miscast Weird Al Yankovic until three gays of the condo came along. Oof, boy. Uh, from Derek, the total waste of Julia Louis-Dreyfus always breaks my heart. When you've got an actress with the comic chops that she has, you bloody well make the most of it. But instead, they give her a nothing role with zilch personality. It may as well just be Tress McNeil, female number 342. They waste so many potential great guest appearances in the later years, but Dreyfus stands out to me because they bring her back as Gloria for about a three-word sentence in, like, season 20. It's just completely baffling. You've got Elaine freaking Bennis. Use her! With, I believe that is, seven exclamation points. So, <laughs> Derek feels very strongly. Uh, from Lauren, Natalie Portman. Although she had more screen time, the premise and execution of this episode is horrible. She played a pregnant 15-year-old who runs away with Bart. She did well with what she was given, but the episode was stupid and her character was never fully developed. Oh, so true. Uh, from Hoffa, Ozzie Smith. As a 10-year-old Cardinals fan at the time, I was quite disappointed and confused as to the use of the wizard in the Homer in the bat at the bat. 
for real, seriously. Wow. That's that oh, was creepy. Come Four on, he's been falling forever. What's wrong with mystery spot? You don't like? I love me. I mean, uh-huh. okay, I'm gonna say this as a humble defense. I at the time when that episode came out, I was the biggest King Griffey Jr. fan in the world. Loved King Griffey Jr. Loved the kid. I was not. I was. I was just. I think I was just happy to see him in the show. I didn't really care what they did with him, and that probably is. I don't know. He did have a gigantic head. Yeah. Fine. Uh, from Energy Turtle, Alec Baldwin has such a talent for comedy, he was definitely wasted. Uh, to be fair, he did get to, you know, do a decent job throughout most of the episode, but yes, he was also incredibly wasted. Uh, from Matt L. Columbia 88, most pop stars in the later seasons that show up for two seconds just for the cast to say, hey, you're blank, and never to be involved again, like Blink-182 and Tony Hawk. Oh, boy. I mean, honestly, they had Green Day for the movie, and they just had them go down with the ship and die. I mean, come on, seriously. Uh, from at Deadman74, Lady Gaga, because how can it get any worse? Uh, from at Brian J. Field, well, given it's Super Bowl time, Dolly Parton could have done more. Oh, my God. I totally forgot about Dolly Parton. Oh, God. <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, from at Yes, It's Aaron, I have to go with Alec Baldwin, as he was in two of the worst episodes ever, one of which I'd call the worst. Robbie, what's yours? It's It's really hard. Like, there's so many people I really like and respect their talents and they got bub kiss um i think i'm actually i but ultimately like i kept going back to weird al because one three days of the condo is such a bad episode and weird Al is so good at like i don't know i've i've been i've seen a lot of weird al in stuff that's not his music like i've you know he's been on the comedy bang bang stuff he he does guest spots and a lot of comedy and he's really good at like little tiny side stuff like supporting characters he doesn't have to be like singing and dancing and they just had him sing a i get like i get it like oh it's weird out we need to sing a have him have him sing a parody song but i'm like i'd rather him just be like character like a fun character yeah i don't know him be himself i mean he's a fantastic actor but uh, they uh, i don't know i i think part of it's just like the disparity like three gays the condo is just miserable and poor weird al deserves better uh matt what is your answer uh i'm also weird al uh weird al is a fantastic actor and comedian and just is wonderful in so many ways and they wasted him on that it's just yeah 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 i that's i think that's the thing where you're like oh i really like that guy he seems so nice and so kind and he has been a part of you know my our lives for Literally since I was born, before I was born, Weird Al has been a, a famous star, and he still is. Like thirty four, almost forty years later, um, but I could say the same for dozens of different people. Uh, next week's question: What is your favorite chalkboard gag? I think we've done this one before. Oh, it's very likely, but we'll spin it back up. See what people say. I don't. If I answered before, I don't remember what I did, so I'm gonna have to think of it again. Uh, I'll post this on all our social media on Twitter at Simpsons Show Pod. You can email us at Simpsons Show Pod at gmail.com and you can answer on our Patreon, which again, patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show. We can move on to our next segment. It's time for the new Google Trivia Challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. SMRT. I mean, S-M-A-R-R-T. The No Google Trivia Challenge. Remember, Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions. One easy, one medium, and one hard, and try and stump the other. Matt is uh, destroying me so far this season. So that's great. Homer of Seville is the name of this episode. Yeah, Matt has a, let's see, what is it? 
Yep, seven point lead on me. So that's terrible. I need to do better. I need to make up ground. Matt, give me an easy answer. All right. <laughs> give me the answer. You hear me? Not the question. <laughs> Not the answer. I'm giving you the question. Uh, who breaks into the family home in all singing, all dancing to hold them hostage? Oh, that'd be Snake. You are correct. If you're going to ask me questions about all singing, all dancing, I'm going to have problems. Oh, I am. Oh, God almighty. Okay. Matt, your easy question. In Colonel Homer, Homer manages what singer? That would be Lurleen Lumpkin. That's correct. All right. Your medium question. What movie do Homer and Bart rent in all singing, all dancing? Oh, uh, is it just Paint Your Wagon? It is. Oh, my gosh. Robbie, congratulations. Hey. Hey. You don't need to act like I'm stupid just because I got a question. I get a question right, Matt. I'm smart, right? Mm-hmm. I don't like the way that you're like not disagreeing with me. Okay, <laughs> here a medium question, Matt. I I'm gonna. There are okay. What songs does Lurleen list as uh, when Homer first uh, asks for them? She lists three songs. I'm gonna need at least two of them. Oh gosh. Okay. Um, one of them is "Don't Look Up My Dress Unless You Mean It." Um, I'm basting this turkey with my tears, and oh gosh. Um. I do not remember the third one. <laughs> what, Robbie? You said I only had to do two. Yeah, this is really hard, and I thought I'd get you, but instead you're just like, oh, it's these two. It's very easy. There, What's a base... the third one? It, okay, here we go. I'm basing a target with my tears. Don't look at my dress unless uh-huh. you mean it. And finally, I'm sick of your lying lips and false teeth. That's the false teeth. Oh, how could I forget false how teeth? How could you forget? You're an idiot. You only got two out of three, Matt. Exactly what I asked I know. For. What's my hard question? All right, your hard question. There are nine songs in All Singing, All Dancing. Name four of them. Um, does the song, like the interstitial songs that Snake sings, do they count? That Snake sings? No, no, sorry. This is a full songs from other episodes. Okay, because Snake does sing like... He does, you know, he little, does. He little goes, little yeah. bits about little how he hates <laughs> songs. Mm-hmm. Um. God, when is when was all singing all dancing? Because that helps narrow it down. What songs would be included? Um, we have. I'm, pr- I'm going to start. Just I'll just list really great Simpson songs from early in the show, and hopefully they'll be included. Uh huh. Um, the Stonecutter we do Stonecutter song. Okay. Um, see my vest. Um, uh, the uh, uh, um, who needs a quickie mart? Um. Uh, um, monorail, monorail song. Can I just? I'm gonna. Can I just keep naming songs? I can just name like three dozen songs. Matt. If you want, yeah. Okay. Um, it might not be very entertaining for me just to hear to ramble on about <laughs> Simpson songs, but um, Spring in Springfield. Who puts a Spring in Springfield? I think that song is after that episode, but I'm not positive, so I'm gonna list it. Um, that's the the Mesa Derriere song. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the Planet of the Apes musical the uh i don't know the name of the song chimpanzee to chimpan chimpanzee to chimp chimpan a to chimpanzee i don't remember the name of the song if it isn't giver gets a name um with trey mcclure um lisa lisa the the happy birthday song with michael jackson lisa it's your birthday happy birthday lisa i feel like they would have to include that i think about i've literally not watched all singing all dancing in years at this point uh it's just a clip show basically um I feel like I'm. You done? No, Matt. No, I'm gonna. Oh, okay. I, the more things I guess, the more likely I am to get it right. Um, and I'll just sit here. Um, okay, okay. You know what? You know what? You have gotten the required four. Okay. 
That's all you have. So to... we can stop this if you want, but you yes. can keep going if you no, really no, no, want no. to. No, 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 no. That's it. I just want the points, man. If you tell me I got four, that's I'll stop. I don't need to keep okay, going. Okay, okay, okay. So the songs in question are "Baby on Board," which you did not use. Oh. We put the spring in Springfield, which you did get uh, from the, uh, the burlesque house episode. Uh, Springfield, Springfield uh, from uh, Boy Scouts in the Hood, which you did not get. Uh, Who needs the quickie mart? Send in the clowns, which I thought was a weird addition uh, from the Krusty special. See my vest, the monorail song, uh, in uh, we do, and then in the Garden of Eden. They included in the garden. That's even weirder to me. Like I get, I know, like, that's, a weird that's weird. Including crust, like including Krusty, I get it. It's cr- it's a Krusty song. Like it's not the best song, but and it is a cover. Effectively, it's not an original song, but you know it's interesting. Um, but just in the Garden of Eden, like Bart sells his soul is a great episode, but. It's just a weird, again, a weird cover of In the God of Vita, which, I don't know, not a great song. Mm-hmm. But Robbie, you did. Congratulations. I, I got points. Got all the trivia points today. Well, okay, Matt. You're, you're, you've got, you got a tough task ahead of you for this hard question, okay? Okay. But it does include an option for a bonus point, okay? So you could potentially mm-hmm. get four points out of this question if you get it all right. Wow, okay. What is the name of the trailer park where Lurleen lives? Oh, God. I have no idea. It is the Royal King Trailer Park. Now, your option for your bonus point. What does the okay. sign underneath Royal King Trailer Park say? Oh, God. Um, I'm going to say it says uh, d- uh, not affiliated with the um, uh, garbage disposal company. <laughs> it says two days without a tornado. That's right. Yes, you can see a tornado in the background. And there's the the two is a, the number can change. So very clearly, mm-hmm. they see a lot of tornadoes. Um, I mean, I'm I'm that's a, a happy day for me. I made up some ground. Matt still has a four point lead on me though. And I got the hard <laughs> question right. It's a banner day. Yeah. Everything's coming up, Robbie. Uh, that's it for trivia for today. We can move on to our final segment. The segment we end every single episode with. It's time for best episode ever. Best episode ever. Best episode ever. It's a part of the show where Matt and I rank the episodes categorically. You watch them chronologically, eventually compiling a list of every episode ever and how good they are. Oh boy. This is uh, real bad. Um, I think this is... God almighty. Matt, I don't know. I feel like um, <laughs> this is better it's, than it's this tough. is better than Kiss Kiss Bang Bang Alert. Okay. okay. It's not actively offensive. It's That's not, true. Yeah, it's not... There's not really that much. It's just complete nonsense, and it's not. Mm-hmm. It's anti. That actually puts us at higher than last week's episode. Oddly enough, I mean, I think this episode is better than last week's. Yeah, it's just really, really stupid and poorly paced. I mean, yeah, I would say I, I, I mean, like these episodes are all miserable, but I do think it's better than last week's episode. I just, yeah. it, there's, it's more insane, and that's it for its benefit. Like, it makes it sl- right. sl- slightly more entertaining. Last week's episode is just boring. This is, like, just complete madness. It's also not offensive. Like, it can have... There's all these flavors of Bad Simpsons episodes, Matt. And, you know, like, you, sometimes, you, you know, sometimes you get vanilla, sometimes you get chocolate. Um, this, you know, there's... there the, the truly terrible episodes have all of the flavors. They have, they're Neapolitan... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where they're mad, they're insane, they're insanity, and uh, they they make no sense, and they're offensive, uh, and uh, they're boring. Like they manage to do everything. It's truly a wonder. 
I think it's better than last week's. I don't think it's much better though. Um, it's better than Mobile Homer. Million. Well, uh, okay, Million Dollar AB. Is it better than Million Dollar AB? Where Homer, where Grandpa wants to kill. Him. I think actually, I think Million Dollar AB is better than this. I would agree. I, I think we're right between those two because I was looking at the ones right above that, and you've got Mobile Homer, Monkey Suit. GI annoyed grunt. You can't always say what you want. And honestly, those are all better than this because they they kind of make sense. This just doesn't. I mean, I'm I'll uh, that's fine with me. I'll take it. We'll take a spot right there. Um, that is number new number three fifty three on our list is the Homer of Seville. Uh, new number one sixty two on our post golden years ranking. Uh, right below Million Dollar Baby, right above Kiss Kiss Bang Bangalore. You okay there, Matt? Yep, just smacked my uh, microphone. Okay. Sound like a little, like you get, get hit with a gunshot or something. Uh, it, it's low on the list. It's not near the, it's it's in the bottom, what, 30? Yeah, bottom 30. Really, mm-hmm. just truly dreadful territory. You'd think at some point they'd just get better. Not there yet. You'd think. But, Someday, uh... maybe they will. Um. We do, though, before we go, we have one more thing to do, one more question to answer, and that question is, do we shoot this episode out of the cannon? The cannon! The cannon! The cannon! The cannon! The cannon! Fire the cannon. Yeah, there's no reason. There's nothing here, Matt. What, like, what are we, what are we doing? Is there anything uh, that has of any value in this? No. Nope. Of course not. Um, we are up at the top of the list, working our way down, answering that same question. And we are at number 83 on our list, which is Radioactive Man. I mean, come on. This is this is, this is is Millhouse's big day as follow-up. Order. It has to be canon. Oh, yes. It's, of course, it's canon. The goggles. They do nothing. They do nothing. Um, Radioactive Man is really funny. Um, not obviously not a like deep character episode or anything, but it's very hilarious. And the fact that it's number 83 just tells you how good I was, as I was, uh, down, I was, as I was working through our back catalog, Matt, to put them up on our Patreon over the past few days, I was just kind of reflecting and thinking like, man, episode by episode, I was just looking at it, looking, working through them. I'm like, man, it's really crazy how good these episodes were consistently like yeah there's a couple ones that are like you know auto show or things like that or dance at homer but effectively like you're just like bang 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 episode seasons two three four five just all of them are just great from top to bottom and here we are now here we are now (sighs) we'll get through it matt we'll get through it Mm -hmm. our next episode i mean not a great start to season 19. <laughs> no. Our next episode is is Midnight Towboy. What? <laughs> I, oh, I, I, Matt, 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 if you had told me, sight unseen, someone walked up to me and said, oh, you like The Simpsons. Have you ever seen the episode Midnight Towboy? I'd be like, no. What season is that? And they go season 19. I'd be like, oh, I haven't watched it. Then they go, oh, it's an episode where Homer becomes a tow truck driver, and it's called Midnight Towboy because Matt Dillon plays Louie, another tow truck driver. Oh, that's right. I remember this. Oh. And they go to the neighboring city of Guidopolis, which is populated by Italian-American stereotypes. Wow, they were just all in on the racism, weren't they? <laughs> 
<laughs> I can't believe it. Uh, there's a B plot about Mar- Maggie being clingy. She's a baby, guys. Mm-hmm. She's a baby. They're all. That's what babies do. That's you, they need to be clingy, or they'll die. <laughs> they have. To, <laughs> they have to be. What are you doing? Oh, that's next week. I can't wait. I'm sure it'll be great. I'm just so happy. Uh, it's gonna be a great. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be a great time talking about uh, the Simpsons with my friend. It's gonna be a fun, fun show. Um, that'll do it for us today. You can find this list uh, on our website, systemsshow.com. It has links to everything we do there. It's Twitter, our RSS feed, and a link to our Patreon, which I've already plugged a bunch, but it's patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show. You truly do get access to just hundreds of hours of bonus material, back catalogs, just all just incredible amount of stuff for the, for the, I've really done my best to make it a good deal for you so i appreciate anyone who supports us there um us you can find me online on twitter at robbie dorman uh and on my website is also robbiedorman.com which includes links to all my stuff um my newest novel is called what dwells beneath the waves it is my it's my florida man eldritch cultist book uh it's about you know florida keys in the wake of a hurricane and and a disaster and global in, in climate change catastrophe and lovecraft and what's not to like you should go read it uh i also have just started a writing youtube channel um it's about all kinds of stuff all kinds of writing advice i'm currently working through all my process of how you how i write how i write and finish a novel and get it ready for you good folks out there and then you can follow my my my, my pattern my plan my routine and do the same thing uh, I really appreciate it if you went and subscribed uh, and shared those videos with other people. Really appreciate that. Matt does not participate in social media. You will not find him. That's true. I spend all of my time feeding kittens. Uh, there are six of them, and they are now eating me out of house and home. If you would like to see this adorableness, you can check them out at Kitten Turns on Instagram, K-I-T-T-I-N-T-E-R-N-S. You can see their evil little headshots uh, when there weren't being terrors. But, you know, that's, that's what they do these days. And if you'd like to adopt the little terrors... Uh, because they're only terrorists to me. Everyone else they just cuddle with because, you know, I'm the authority figure. Anyway, uh, you can check them out. And if you're in the area, you can adopt them because they're incredibly adorable and I need them out of my house. They are very cute. They're very cute. And man, those claws are going to hurt until I can trim them. <laughs> uh, that'll do it for us today. I'm Robbie. And I'm Matt. Yeah, boy, this is a... Uh... Shh.